Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the fabulous See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't know why I threw in fabulous. I guess we're now the fabulous whatever show side act inside the circus at this point, right? The shit show. I'm the shit show. I I have said it for years. How many years I've been telling you I need just a fucking camera crew following me around? Truly. Like, like I feel as though you don't even need to be produced like a reality no, show. No. It just happens to you. Yes. Reality shows are produced, you guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, but oh. they do takes. I don't need takes. Yeah. You're just pure. I am 100% pure entertainment. She keeps it real like that. Mm-hmm. Not on purpose. Do you want to talk about your latest and greatest? First of all, my youngest son. You know the one that I was pregnant with, that you gave me my baby shower with? That yes. one? Yes, Chucky. I just, this weekend, signed Chucky up for driver's ed. Oh, my God. Holy mother, how old am I? How old are we? What's happening? Yeah, but here's Thoughts by Chucky. And you're going to be impressed by this. Okay. So we had a girl quit at work. And I hope she is doing well. But this is what he says. Like, I'm talking about it with my husband. I'm telling him all the things. And this is what this child says. He goes, hey, mom. So, like, you have to give, like two weeks notice when you quit, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what most people expect. He's like, because it's respectful, right? I'm like, well, yeah, you know. And he goes, but they don't do that when they fire you. I go, well, no, because they fire you because you suck at your job and they want you gone. He goes, yeah, mom, but you're obviously quitting because they suck at their job and you want to be gone. So why do you have to give them two weeks notice? Snaps. Okay. Oh, fuck. Snaps. Oh, yes. fuck. Okay. First of all, we're going to have no problems with this next generation. Can we just say that? Period. You guys. Period. You guys. Oh, my God. He hit it. He hit it right on the fucking head. I, why do we owe you motherfuckers if y'all two are the weeks ones- because you're mm-hmm. not living up to my expectations. Boom. Why do I have to respect you and give Boom. you notice? Yeah, exactly. And also, like, what about, like, can I write y'all up for y'all's actions? Where's you know, my HR rep? Hello. You know what? Hm. I have nothing to say to that. Because he's absolutely fucking correct. He's fucking right. He is correct. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> nothing. To, I went. You're right, son. <laughs> you know? When you write, you're right. When you write, you're right. This just, yes. Like all the people protesting in Paris because they wanted to raise the retirement age by two years from 62 to 64. One million people came out in Paris because it's France. It's all they do is protest to get their way. But you want to know why? It's because the government is supposed to work for you, not the other way around. Same with your employer, bitch. Like, nah. So do you also want to know what this child wants to be when he grows up? So if you ask him, he goes, well, I don't really want to know. I don't really know what I want to be because, you know, he's 14. He'll be 15 in less than a month. 
But he goes, I don't know exactly what I want to do. I just know that I want to help people. I love that. That's amazing. This from the kid looks like Chucky. I know. He does. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm actually watching I was Child's Play yesterday. Worst movie ever now that you look back at it. You know, I'm going to say this. I've never seen it all the way through. I've seen like, you know, snippets here at someone's house and then snippets here somewhere else. I'm finally fucking sitting down and watching it and I'm like, this is so insane, but at the same time, a solid movie somehow. Like I can still see how all these other movies were built off of it, but like, think about it. Like we want, once he was old enough, because we, once we realized he looks like Chucky, God. we always called him Chucky and he yeah. like knew the reference because we kind of explained it to him. But once he was old enough to watch the movie at about like 12-ish, we sat down and watched it and we were like looking at each other like, why were we scared of this? Yeah, no, but for real, but for real. No, definitely it doesn't hold up in that way. You're right. Like, yeah, come on. We're like, oh my God, this is terrible. And even he was like, you wouldn't let me watch this when I was younger. This is fucking terrible. Like he was laughing. He was like. This is fucking hilarious. Well, kids these days too. See, you know, kids these days, <laughs> so much more than we did in our day. What the fuck? But yeah, no, I I get it. But it's great. It's, it's good though, in a weird way. You know, it's a it's cult classic. It's cult classic. You can't not watch it, see it. You know, it's one yeah. of those movies. But that's. But, but let's go back to his like, perfection about the job, right? You make me work all day because they do not fire you at 8 a.m. They fucking nope. fire you at 5 p.m. I wish they would fire you at 8. Be like, great. I have plans. I'm going to go get a fucking brunch. Deuce. Right? I have, you know what? For years, I have told my mom. For years, I have said, and I'm not even lying. I have literally said this to my bosses. Look, if you're going to fire me, shoot me a text before I leave my house. I leave Please. my house at like 645-ish. Shoot me a text. Let me know you're firing me. Not to come in. I ain't gonna be mad at that. Nope. I'm not gonna be mad at that. I'm gonna be mad when you fire me at 5 p.m. Yep. In fact, text is preferred. You know how much easier that is? It's like, hey, you're fired. Please don't come in. Blank, blank, blank. It's so much we're gonna, if they give you any severance or whatever. Like, okay. I'd Roll back like, to sleep. Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna drop the kid off at school. I'm gonna pick me up some... Chick-fil-A, breakfast on the way home. Honey butter chicken biscuits. I'm going to pick up some mimosa stuff if I don't have it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to celebrate because I'm getting some of that sweet, sweet unemployment. (laughs) Oh, God. That is incredible that he's already thinking that way because he's... This is, but this is the thing. It's see how easy that mental jump was. Like it, it's not this difficult that everyone makes it out to be like, oh, no, no, no. We got to do all these corporations want us to do. It's like, he would, he was more of us, right? He just was like, mom, I don't understand. Like if they're not living up to your expectations, why do you have to respect them and give them no? I'm like, holy fuck. Mm -hmm. Holy fuck. Yeah. Because think about it this way. And the only reason you have to. Is for your next reference. That's really it. And right? we've talked about this before because I have said, if I've worked at my job for eight years mm-hmm. and I leave my job unexpectedly, 
obviously I was not the problem. Correct. You've been there for eight years. And then if you leave on quote unquote bad terms, maybe it is a them problem. If you think about it, because right. you know, right. you wouldn't have held in that long had they it wouldn't not have kept slowly, me for eight years. Exactly. They wouldn't have kept me for eight years if I was the problem. Yes, exactly. And I don't. I, I don't become a problem at the drop of a hat after eight years. Right. Exactly. So it, it's. But it, this is just a whole, as you know, giant issue in our country. Is the whole like no, 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 no. Everybody has to do exactly what we say when we say it. Otherwise, they're not going to have a job. It's like ha ha ha. Hilarious. You say that. We're just not going to work for you. And then they get pissy and write on their doors like, nobody wants to work anymore. It's like, no, nobody wants to work for you because you're the problem. But here's another thing. Think about this. What if you find a new job? You get hired. You tell that employer, oh, I have to give a two weeks notice. They go, okay, your start date's going to be this date from two weeks. Right. Everything's kosher. They get their yeah she's a rehireable situation Mm -hmm. you go into your current employer you go fuck you deuces (laughs) they don't know that you didn't give your two weeks notice two weeks vacation (laughs) good point how do they know they won't give your notice they don't and then you go back to your new employer and you say i gave my notice but they told me to go ahead and leave i can start immediately Mm. Or you can just take two weeks off and then start at your new job. Exactly right. Either one. (laughs) But do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. It's it's foolishness. You tell them you gave notice, but they don't really know that you didn't, you guys. Nobody knows. Exactly. They don't know. Exactly. They're not going to call back and check up after they've already given you the job and a start date. Dude, honestly, they're on to the next. They have your job listed already. Like, as soon as you're like, I'm out, they're like, all right, put it back up on the website. You know what I mean? So it's like... They already hate you. They're already talking shit about you. And when you leave the room, they're like, she's such a bitch and a liar and a cunt. Exactly. And you're like, come on. She's a terrible employee. I can't believe she's quitting. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all to say, like, people in our country, we we are starting to finally realize what the rest of the world has already realized, that there are more of us than them in if we want decisions made via the government or decisions made in our work, work, we have to do it. We have to put pressure on them. I right? can't tell you how many, how many unions are starting to form. Mm-hmm. My husband works for a union, so mm-hmm. I have been pro-union for 20 plus years. Yep. And during this pandemic, seeing so many unions start to form has been amazing for me. Yeah. And we have talked about it. And I said, I think what it is, is what it is, is (laughs) during the pandemic, so many employers realized or so many employees realized how shitty their employers were Mm -hmm. and how shitty they were being treated that they realized the only way they were going to get treated fairly is to form a union. Yep. That nail in the head right there. And for all those people that are going to, come at me for this whole pro-union situation. Learn your history, people. Yeah. The only reason why we have 40-hour work weeks and benefits and things like that is PTO. because of unions. Yeah. And and 40-hour work weeks was cut down, y'all. Like, in fact, there were... I can't remember what his name is, but I heard that there was a guy who 
said like, well, in the future, we'll actually work even fewer hours because of the automation and things we'll have in our, pl- in our place. So then we can have more rich, fulfilling lives. And I'm like, holy shit, we went the opposite. We're like, oh no, no, we have all this automation, which speeds up progress. Plus we want you to work extra hard and add extra hours on it for less money because that's the f- speed at which the world moves now. And it's like, whoa, why can't we all just slow down a little bit and decide to just fucking take a beat four day work week it? You know what I mean? Oh no. So that thing isn't here tomorrow. It's here two days from today or the deliverable you're supposed to have isn't this week. It's two weeks from this week. Who cares? It still happened. It's still done. Yeah. Right. End of the day. That's yeah. what fucking matters. I think that's what I'm trying to say is like all this stuff is arbitrary. Yeah. Some of this stuff is like, we're putting these rules on ourselves for no reason. And we're allowing corporations, not all of them, to do it to us too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, guys, if we all collectively say we're, we're done, people start to change their minds. I mean, look at, I had to say the George Floyd thing, you know, finally it felt like this light bulb flipped in most people's brains in our country and go, oh, this is a fucking problem. Right. But it took that, which is sad to say, and all the protests to make things happen. So, yeah, I mean, unions got, from what I understand of the history of unions, got a little corrupted by the mafia. They did. <laughs> they did. Back in the day. And we're not going to discount that. We get no, that. No, Totally. We get that. But, and here's the thing, and I will, and I'll admit this too, sometimes unions will, in this day and age, sometimes unions will go on strike just to go on strike to prove they will still do it because they'll agree to their contracts. They'll agree to their contracts. They'll agree to their contracts. And then the businesses will try to take advantage of them. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know what? This year I think we're going to go on strike just to prove that we will still do it. And you will not take advantage of us. Right. Yep. It's, it's honestly, if done correctly, a union, it looks out for the good of everybody. And you guys actually would then have a pension. And that means like if social security and or your 401k is gone, you have money for your retirement, no matter what. So my it's amazing. Husband, we have, I say we, <laughs> I know. Well, te- I mean, cause technically, yes, you're married. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's mine too. It's we. Yeah. <laughs> it's mine too. Yeah. Okay. My husband has a pension and an SSI fund. So he has two when he will get in a lump sum when he retires and the other one will pay out monthly. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it'll be more money than when he's working. Wow. And that is the whole point. That's the point. Exactly. And technically... He can retire at, I believe, 56. Nice. Well, all y'all dumb motherfuckers are working till 67. And minimum. Plus now, it's like 70, 80 sometimes. Oh my God. But like, you know what I mean? It's just like, there are ways to do this. Like a lot of countries have it. There are still unions in our country, like IE, here's Mm -hmm, an example. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they do benefit people. Yes, there are corrupt unions. Yes, there are corrupt anything. Anything can be corrupted, but... I don't know. I think something that's looking out for the good of the people who are putting in the work is always a good thing, you know? Yeah. Agreed. So just a little, my little soapbox because, <laughs> you know, it's, it, you know, it honestly enabled me to be a stay-at-home mom because we don't pay for our health insurance at all. Which is insane. It's covered in under our union world. dues. Yeah. So like, 
I hear what people pay for health insurance mm. and it blows my mind. If we had to have had that come out of our paycheck, I wouldn't have been able to stay home with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I stayed at home with my kids until they all started school. And that is an amazing thing in this day and age. Absolutely. It's a blessing, you know, mm -hmm. and not everyone is able to have a single, you know, income family with kids like that is almost impossible. I mean, I did work part time. That's how we met. I worked part time well, on the weekends, but I didn't have to have a full time job during the week and put them right. in daycare. Right. Exactly. Which is what you, you personally were like, I want to stay home with my kids. Like mm -hmm. that was what I wanted to do. So yeah, no, that makes total sense. And Hey, I think it's all about what this really boils down to is work-life balance and like it cool. All of us don't want to just necessarily sit on ass all the time. Don't get me wrong. A nice month long vacation sounds amazing, but like you know, we do want to work. We find fulfillment in work. Like that's just kind of, you do. Uh, Cause I don't, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes when you get a project done, even if you like, didn't weren't, you were assigned it. You're like, okay, cool. It's done. That sense of like completion and like pride in your work and stuff. But like, but we also don't want to work to death. Like that's the, <laughs> here's the key difference. I'm looking at you like you're crazy because I, I, I don't yeah. have that, but what else you got for us today, Amanda? <laughs> Well, you know what? I did want to shout out, because you know how I shouted out all our new listeners in our new countries? Yeah. I wanted yeah. to like bring it home to the United States. Oh, shit. Okay. I got, I got some cities for us. All right. Houston. Hey. Chicago. Oh, my God, yes. San Antonio. Uh-huh. Atlanta. Uh-huh. Winterville, North Carolina. Ooh. Cincinnati. Nice. Austin. Mm-hmm. Dallas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Round Rock. Decatur. Detroit. Walled Lake, Michigan. <laughs> oh, shit. We're all up in Detroit, Michigan? Oh, my God. I know. Brooklyn. Oh, my God. New York, New York. Hold up. We're famous now. Camp Hill. That's Camp in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay. Henderson, Kentucky. Wellston, Missouri. Indiola, Iowa. Ooh, pretty name. I think I know who that is. You do? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. That's our girl. I think that's our girl. Oh, okay. You know who? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Quincy, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Rapid City, South Dakota. Cookville, Tennessee. Arlington. Georgetown. McAllen. Well, a lot of people from Texas. Richardson, Texas City. Richard, Richardsville Township, Michigan. In Michigan. Interesting. Fayetteville, New York. Coatesville, Pennsylvania. Hellertown, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, Charlotte, North Carolina. That's just in the past week, y'all. That's amazing. There, so that's fascinating. Hi, y'all. First of all, thank you for listening. Oh my God, that's amazing. So like Michigan, that one gets me. Like a couple of people in Michigan, different places. I know. New we York. speak to Michigan Knights. Are y'all Michiganers? What are y'all? I am. Uh, Michiganers? <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway, let us know. Hi. In New York and everywhere else. Indiana, Pennsylvania. Hawaii. A lot of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So I, you know, we went out of the country. We went to the countries. Yeah. So I wanted to bring it home to bring the United home. States. Give a shout out to, you know. Our people here. Mm -hmm. And the rest of our Texans. Hey, Texans. Yeah, a lot of Texans. That's amazing. They get, they get our y'alls. They do. My <laughs> bless your heart. Oh, bless your heart. My husband blessed my heart last night. Oh, God. What happened? I don't remember. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's get into some murder. How about that? 
Yeah, that's what they're here for. That's why they pay us the big bucks. That's why we make the big bucks. Exactly. <laughs> so today I'm going to be talking about, and we're going to go back, back, back in the day, okay? We're going to be talking about Jesse Harding Pomeroy, a.k.a. the Boston Boy Fiend or the Boy Torturer. Okay. The Boston Boy Fiend. Mm-hmm. This is how I know, like, this has to be the 30s. 1800s oh even way further back Uh because the name was terrible yeah yeah no i although i do like how they not like we don't name serial killers now we do but the names were like the boy fiend the boy torturer they were terrible yeah and there was another one oh god i can't remember it was i was gonna write it down but i was like oh just two is enough this is amazing but they the way they publicize things we do it here too, but it's different, you know? Like the news made them seem like some weird dime novel bad guy. Like the um, bad guy of a comic book. Exactly. Like exactly. the Joker. Yes, yes. The Joker. The boy fiend. So we're going to get into this guy. And there's a, a couple of books about his crimes. Did not have the chance to read them both. One seems like it's heavily leaning into he's the worst human on the planet. Well, I mean, he probably was. He wasn't great. Let's put it that way. But the other one, I didn't really get a a read on it, but the first one is Wilderness of Ruin, A Tale of Madness, Boston's Great Fire, (laughs) and The Hunt for America's Youngest Serial Killer by Rosanna Montillo. And she was also a source in the CBS News article that I used as a source for this. And the other one was Making a Monster, Jesse Pomeroy, The Boy Murderer of 1870s Boston by Don Keatley. Okay, can we take a... Time out. Mm. Did the titles of these books need to be 150 <laughs> words long? I was thinking the same thing. I was like, we're wrapping a lot into this first novel. And again, I can't give a fair assessment of it because I haven't read it. But I agree. Apparently, all these things are kind of wrapped into one. So we got Jesse in here. We got the Boston's Great Fire. And uh, oh, wait. So it's a tale of madness with the fire and then the hunt for the young, America's youngest serial killer. Yeah. The other one's a little bit more pointed. It's just the boy murderer of 1870s Boston. But still, I don't know. Compact it. Compact it. Make it smaller. <laughs> I, I want it to be like Boy Murderer. That's it. That's the title that's going to get me to pick that book off the shelf. Versus Making a Monster or Wilderness of Ruin and then A Thousand Things After It. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to like keep on scrolling past that. <laughs> well... This story is wild in so many different ways. So, and it touches on a lot of things that you'll see. Jesse Pomeroy was born on November 29th, 1859 in Charleston, Massachusetts to Thomas J. Pomeroy and Ruth Ann Snowman. He was the second of two, so two kids. Oh, it was the baby. It's Mm -hmm. always the baby. He had an older brother, Charles Jefferson, who was two years older than him. And Jesse was born with an eye defect where his right eye was covered with a white film. And that made him the brunt of everybody's joke from kids at school, people on the street, and even his father. Oh, man. There we go. That's why he's a murderer. His father was an alcoholic. And by some sources I read, he would beat Jesse savagely. He would make him strip naked before beating him with like a horse whip or a leather belt. His mother was his only source of comfort, and she believed that if people would just stop picking on him, he would stop picking on others. And she said that 
because Jesse would bully kids that were smaller than him after he was bullied on. But it was also noted that he was very intelligent and he liked to read and be on his own. So he had like a trifecta thing here. He was like a loner who liked to read by himself, plus he had, according to them, a weird milky eye. So he was the outcast. You know, he was that kid. And he was bullied. By everyone, including his father. So much so that his mom and his father, they got divorced. And she took the kids. Like, that's how bad it was. I mean, I'm sorry, divorce in the 1800s? That's big time. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah, I was actually surprised. I was like, wow, okay, this must have been serious. Or she was just like, I don't know how she was able to get away. I didn't really get details on it. Again, it was 1850s and I don't know the fucking divorce laws in the United States at the time. Sorry, guys. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it was an official divorce. I'm sure she just took the kids and left. Probably, yeah. Because I remember even in the 40s and 50s, women in the U.S. couldn't get divorced from their wives. It had to come from the husband. So you had to prove some sort of marital infidelity or be away from him for a certain amount of time. So women would go to Las Vegas for that set amount of time, sign all the divorce papers, and when they're back, the divorce would be official in, I think, New York State or something weird. It was super strange, but I digress. So when he was reading, he would read dime novels about like cowboys and Native Americans from some sources. And these were like little books of fiction. They were also referred to as penny dreadfuls or pulp fiction. And they had crime stories in them. So, you know, like what we're talking about would be, it would be on paper and like 20, 30 pages long, you know, just enough to like keep you interested. And it's, it's cheap. 10 cents, you know, back then was, I'm assuming $300 today. So yeah. <laughs> $4,522 and you can't afford it. It took him a whole 10 years to save up. (laughs) You know, inflation, whatever. So being a loner, though, back then, but even today is considered strange. Like, think about this. Like, you can be a perfectly happy, healthy, mentally well-ish adult and be an introvert. And people think you're weird for not wanting to always go out. Not just drinking, but like going outside your house. Yeah. It's like, why is that weird? What if I that person just... I don't want to leave my house. Right? Y'all probably think I'm fucking weird. Th- I don't want to leave my home. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm like, okay, that does sound fun. Or I'll go to that movie. But then I want to be right back in my fucking home immediately. <laughs> like, how fast is it to get to the home of where I need to be right now? We went out to dinner, like, last weekend. And I'm like, okay, we've eaten. Let's get the fuck back home. All right, roll them up. Let's go, guys. <laughs> yep. 100%. But, like, it's considered strange to not want to be out in society all the time. So, and back then, that was, like, double time. So, he, his mother, Ruth Ann, okay, here we go. So, he was originally finding a place to escape, and reading was a perfect place for that. But then his mother, Ruth Ann, heard that he was torturing and killing small animals before he turned 10. Oh, no. And she saw this as a sign of sadness. No, Ruth Ann. And that behavior obviously isn't as seen the same as it is today. Ruthie. Yeah. That's she, not sadness. That's psychopathy. Mm-hmm. I can see where she's coming from. Like, my husband did this to him, and everyone, all these kids are doing this to him. He's sad, so he's hurting things around him. But hurt people hurt people, not animals and shouldn't be hurting people either so it's like you can't I don't know context time mental health I mean 1800s they didn't really know a lot about a lot 
So yeah, uh, yeah. I the, mean, they ate squirrels. So the medical field was also very new, like yeah. as it is today. Like back then, those are still when people are like stealing bodies from graves to study them. Like doctors and, were and considered they, weird. A form of medicine was like leeches. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So from 1871 to 1872, there were reports in a city across the river from Charleston, Chelsea, Massachusetts, that there were boys who were being savagely beaten with a belt and then a knife by an older boy. Some even said that he sexually assaulted them. The boy would take them to a remote location and then hurt them, and this caught the attention of the Boston Globe, and they started calling him the boy torturer. Oh, this was the other one, and the red devil. I I mean, I don't get the red devil reference, but sure. It sounds cool, I guess. Maybe he had red hair. You know, I don't know. It's all black and white photos that I found, obviously, of the kids. I right. can't tell, but maybe. maybe red hair. Potential. And that kind of, like, worries me because, you know, we call Chucky, Chucky. El Diablo Rojo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is true. Oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. So when they published a description of the boy, Ruth Ann knew immediately it was her son. So she, what do you think she did? Took him and ran. That's right. To South Boston. I mean, duh, Ruth Ann did not turn her son in. Hell no. Nope. And no one was arrested for these crimes. In 1872, when Jesse was 12, a boy was found tortured, and another one was tied to a telephone post in South Boston. The boy tied to the telephone pole gave an excellent description of the person who attacked him, and Jesse was quickly brought in by the cops. He was arrested and sentenced for the term of his minority, so only six years until he turned 18, at the State Reform School in Westboro. Ruth Ann thought, excuse me, Ruth Ann, though, was having none of this, again. And through her efforts, Jesse was released by the age of 14 in 1874 after only serving 14 months. How did she get him released? I don't know. So let's talk about Ruth Ann for a minute. Because this is, at first I'm thinking, okay, mom's just maybe a little, a little slower on the uptake, maybe. Or... She doesn't fully understand what her son is capable of. I think she's in full-on denial mode at this point. Like, bitch, yes, you do. Three kids. Like, you wouldn't have moved out of South Boston if you some part of you didn't think it was a little true. Not just your son was being persecuted, you know? I think that maybe she's helping him. What? Go on. Tell me this theory. I'm very interested in this. Well... She takes him and runs. Mm-hmm. She's now getting him out of reform school, which, a.k.a. Juvie. She doesn't want him to rat her out. Whoa, so you think she's the one behind these murders? I think she was helping him in some way. Huh. So how do you think he was getting away with it? Obviously, he's not all there mentally. Do you think he was able to get away with this all by himself at such a young age? 12? I don't know. They said he was very intelligent. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they did an IQ test. I I don't know what that exactly meant for the time, but... Even an intelligent 12-year-old. Let's think about this. Mm Mm-hmm. People saw him. Oh, yeah. He was identified like... He didn't wear, like, anything over his face. Exactly right. How intelligent do you think he is if he didn't wear anything over his face? That or it's arrogance, like... You're never going to get me. Eve, I don't even have to sh- like cover my face. You're never going to get me. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just... Yeah, that is fucking fascinating. All right. Now I'm going to read the rest of this and, and let's see. Let's see what you think. 
So he was released at the age of 14 in 1874, and one month later... They moved, didn't they? A little 10-year-old girl, Katie Curran, disappeared on her way to buy a notebook. Jesse just so happened to work at his family's shop. Yeah, it's called like Pomeroy's Shop or whatever. And that was the place she was headed to buy the notebook. Mm-hmm. But there was no evidence to be found as to where she went after that. Then, four-year-old Horace Millen was found in a marsh on Dorchester Bay. And I'm probably butchering it, probably like Dorchester or whatever. I don't know. It's Massachusetts. They always say it's things like differently. It's like Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Dorchester. 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 All these people from Massachusetts are screaming at <laughs> us our right listenership now. like dropped. All <laughs> like, those Massachusetts y'all. listeners are gone now. That's great listening. Bye. We love you. Bye. We love you, Boston. <laughs> Shit. Never invited there. Ever. Anyway, so this poor little boy, he was he was mutilated, and the cops went straight to Jesse, which I think is like very smart. I mean, like, come on. I feel like I've heard this story before. You probably have. I probably have. I'm probably reminding myself of it, but it it's interesting. So they went straight to Jesse, who had blood on his clothes and scratches on his skin. Like, bro, again. You're not hiding shit. Like, you're terrible at this. I'm not saying be good at killing people. Please don't. But good God. Like, he has four seconds of your brain. He's 14. He's 14. You cannot tell me. I mean, right? You at least think a little bit farther ahead. See, not so smart now, is he? Mm, Interesting. You said he was highly intelligent. It's true. So then when compared to the crime scene at the beach... They compared his boots to the prints there, and they matched. And the cops were flabbergasted at this discovery. How could a young teenager do such horrible things to such vulnerable members of society? I mean, this was especially unheard of at the time. I mean, truly it was. I mean, I'd like to think the only reason why we have, quote-unquote, more crime is just because our population is eight. What is it, eight billion now? Nine billion? Nine billion. Nine billion people on the planet. So, of course, like, that's going to go up. You know, of course it will. But the other thing I think is, I don't know. It's not that people weren't doing these things, because they were. Maybe they were just better at getting away with them. We just don't know about them. Or, I don't know. I just don't think it's a fair assessment always to say, like, things were, this was weird for back then. You know? Right. I still think it's probably weird for back then. Yeah, it's probably weird for back then. So the cops arrested him for the murder of Horace when he was only 14 years old. They eventually found Katie's body. She was at the Pormory store in the cellar, and she had been stabbed. Jesse told the cops, quote, I couldn't help it, and something made me do it. And even when he was older, he never gave any details about his crimes, and he never took responsibility. He did confess to killing Katie, though, and he is considered or was considered the youngest serial killer in U.S. history at the time. I didn't, I didn't want to look up if there's a new one. I just didn't want to know. So, so you're going to give us fake facts. I'm giving you at the time because I'm assuming in America we've had, I mean, Columbine has happened, so I guess you can, can consider that, you know, unfortunately, Kit, the guy you covered. <clears throat> so I don't know if you want to call that serial killing, but I don't, I don't think it's, I think it categorizes, right? I mean, shit. I don't know. I think there's a difference between mouse murderers and serial killers. That's true. Yeah, serial killers is like yeah, there's like a downtime in between. Even still, gross. Ew. Don't do it. Don't do it, y'all. Just don't do that. Please. 
Oh, the what's-his-face, who just in Mos- Moscow killed those sorority and fraternity guys. Oh, yeah. That cheese head. I don't think that that would be serial killing, though, would it? I don't know, because he killed four at once. Yeah. Bundy. I don't know. But how old was Bundy? <sighs> Bundy was older than 30, 12. whatever the fuck. So. Ugh. Anyway. See, the girl was in the basement. How could the mom not know? You've got, you've brought some interesting points up that I didn't think about as I was writing this is that you're absolutely right. And if mom was willing to run to a different city, take him out of essentially something would help him. Cause I'm sorry. If I, if that were my kid, I'd be like, please keep him there. Yes. Fucking figure out what the shit is going on up there, homie. Like, please. Right. right. Mm-hmm. You would want your child to get the help that they needed. And whatever help was provided back then was what it was. But like, yeah, maybe you're onto something. I'm just saying. That's fascinating. I'm just saying. I think mom was involved a little bit. So get this. The trial for him began in 1874, and he was, and it was heard at the Massachusetts Supreme Court. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. See, now I'm saying shit weird. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> I haven't been drinking, y'all. I promise. No, really. We, we're not drinking this <laughs> Like morning. at all. I'm just bleh. Um... His lawyers tried the insanity defense. I mean, because, you know, of course they did. Yeah. They said he was afflicted by an irresistible impulse to torture and kill against his will. And this was meant that he clearly suffered from a mental disorder, that he was bullied and suffered physical abuse by his father, and they were since separated. So, you know, he's got all these fucking issues, and this is why he committed these crimes. And to be fair, in these children's cases where there are this psych- psychopathic murderer from a very young age from what i understand it's a little bit of both you're kind of born this way and then you get knocked around a bunch by your father yeah it's gonna happen well it's like the head injury theory yeah yeah it's it's doesn't make you one but if you have the right chemicals going on already right he he didn't fall off a swing but his dad beat him up yeah and obviously that's also mental abuse because that's trauma i mean like we could just keep going but so the U.S. Attorney General, however, said that he was sane until proven otherwise and that he lured Horace to the place where he killed him and therefore could exactly know what he was doing at the time he did it. He said that he showed a, quote, unusual talent and shrewdness, and this convinced the jury because they found him guilty and the judge then sentenced him to death. He was the youngest person in Massachusetts to face the death penalty. Became front page news because, I mean, shit, he's 14. <laughs> yeah. How could it not? The governor, and this is my, I'm going to give you my opinion, seemingly not wanting the bad press of executing a teenager on his term, commuted his sentence, and he, instead he spent his time in solitary. I think that's more cruel than it the death penalty. Absolutely is. Honestly, solitary is the one of the fucking worst tortures you can do to any human, ever. I don't care who it is, I wouldn't wish that on, I wouldn't wish it on Bundy. I, would, I really wouldn't. Anybody, because... It is ugh, just a horrible thing to do to somebody. But from what I understand, they transferred him for the last like 30 or so years of his life or something like that to another, like a, just like a rehab center, like mental, mental health sales center. <laughs> and that is where he died at 73 in 1932. Wow. Think about that, though. This, this is why whenever we say like shit wasn't that long ago, guys, it was fucking not. He died in the 30s. Which is like our grandparents, like when they were born or they were alive. 
Yeah, you guys. So this is not fucking long ago. And so he was born in 1854. So he went through the fucking Civil War. In prison. Think about that. That's insane. Like, again, not that long ago. So people at the time couldn't believe what a seemingly normal kid would do all of these things. So what did they blame? Dime novels. At the time, dime novels, <laughs> like some of the ones Jesse read, were blamed for causing his murderous oh, ways. People in the middle class at the time worried that people having access to this kind of material would cause morality in the U.S. to crumble. And Jesse was the perfect poster boy for this. Just it? like it was the music. Uh, it was the music. Uh, 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 sound familiar? Some people believe he committed his crimes because he, because he had a smallpox vaccine when he was a few weeks old and was covered in sores, so his mom couldn't touch him. Now, this was caused, this caused him to not get the necessary attachment that babies need at the few days old when you have to have, like, physical attachment to a human, which has been proven to cause children to become detached adults, sometimes leading to crime. Others think it's from his father's abuse, which, again, could be true, too. One thing's for sure, they did the right thing by locking up this guy. Yeah. But... That is the story of Jesse Pomeroy and his heinous crimes against babies. Insane case. I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to kind of believe, I think maybe you're, you're right about the mom covering things up for him or helping him, not helping him with the crimes. Well, think about it. But look she the couldn't other way. hold him. When, I didn't know about the baby thing. She couldn't hold him. She couldn't hold him when, the, when he was a baby. She now feel guilty. Mom's right. an accomplice. She should have been locked up too. Damn. I think we just cracked it, y'all. We just cracked a hundred-year-old case. I case. I saw the case. Well done. <laughs> Where's my trophy? I don't know. We'll get it at the end, okay. I think. Okay. okay. Cool. Well, I'm going to make y'all feel a whole lot better. Please do. So, have you ever heard of Holly Christensen? No. Well, she was an oncology nurse and a mom to three. Fun. And so Holly saw firsthand how difficult it was for patients when they started chemo and began to lose their hair, especially for children. Yeah. So Holly partnered with Bree Hitchcock, who was also a mom, I believe, and they started to go fund me to raise money for the Magic Yarn Project. Oh, what is this? This was created to help kids going through cancer treatments to feel beautiful. So what did Holly and Bree do? They make yarn wigs for children. Cute. Because the chemo treatments tend to leave their scalps too sensitive for traditional wigs because traditional wigs tend to be too scratchy. So the yarn is easier for their scalps. That is really cute. So, and these wigs are inspired by Disney characters and other imaginative figures to bring a little bit of joy to this scary time in kids' lives. And Holly and Bree have sent tens of thousands of wigs to every state in the U.S. and over 50 countries and have organized over 120,000 volunteer hours. Holy crap, dude. That's insane. And not only have they provided yarn wigs, they have also provided hand crochet beanies as well. Oh, cute. And these beanies have been lovingly made by volunteers. And you can go to their website and become an approved magic maker oh to be part of this amazing community to help kids facing this unthinkable battle holy shit 
So you could help them make like a Moana wig or like a Rapunzel wig or hell, even like a Prince Charming wig or, or whatever. Or a like Yoda beanie. Oh my God. Because you know, the little boys Yoda. would wear the beanies or like a little like, or helmet. even a beanie with like Mickey Mouse ears or a little bow or oh, whatever. Oh my God, y'all. So if y'all are like crocheters or yarn people out there because I'm not I'm dude I'm not I don't even know where to start so the website it made it seem like the patterns because they have to approve you and send you the pattern (gasps) they'll send you the approved pattern made it seem like it was super easy I honestly want to try it y'all this is so cool it seems like a really easy barrier to entry too like you don't have to like do this crazy thing and they if they send you the patterns if you want to be somebody who helps these kids. I love this idea. It is great, you guys. You I'm obsessed. You have to go. It's the magicyarnproject.com. You have to go see the pictures. It is so cute and I love it so much because I actually have a I actually know someone whose child went through cancer. No. Oh, um, yeah. when they were young. And so they're older, they're fine now, but so talking to them and what they've gone through, it's very scary. And oh God, yeah. it's not something that ends when the cancer ends. It's something they have to deal with forever. And to be able to help these children, it's an amazing thing that these women started doing. And especially to realize that... These kids can't wear traditional wigs. It's not yeah. comfortable for them. That's not something I would have ever thought about. No, I wouldn't have. I was like, why don't they just like buy wigs for them? And then when you said that, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. And you know? never would have thought about that. No. And then like to make these adorable like Disney inspired oh like God. yarn wigs. Like can you imagine fun for them? Like, you know, like a little girl like lost her hair and then all of a sudden she's Rapunzel. Like, come on. Like, yeah. that's just, yeah. you're living your dream. You yes. know, it's like, yes. So, so if you can provide that little bit of peace for the family too, and the kid just to see their child feel quote unquote normal for a moment, you know, like that, that makes a huge difference. Huge difference. In my head, I envision like one, I envision these kids like wearing their aerial wig <laughs> oh, yeah. on their make-a-wish trip to Disney World oh, hell yeah. meeting Ariel in their aerial. Like, can you imagine? Like, I, Oh, God. Oh, this is like a TikTok that's probably happening as we speak. Probably. <laughs> but seriously, you yeah. know. Amazing. So you're like, I don't even know how to put it into words what Holly and Brie are doing for these kids because it is just something magical. Yeah, it really, it really is. is. And so you can donate your time. You can donate your money. You can... Donate your crafting abilities that we don't have. Yeah, no, if you guys are feeling, I mean, there's a shit ton of talented people who listen to us. So, yeah, if you're feeling so inclined, yeah. what a cool thing. And we'll have links in our bio, uh, or sorry, <laughs> links on our website and everything like that. But uh, yeah, no, we'll definitely check it out because that's such a cool. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't even know that existed. It's beyond if, amazing. For a hot second, when I was on the website, I was like, I could totally make a beanie. I'm going to sign up. And then, I'm like, how many times have you tried to crochet? How many times have you tried this? How many t- You can't even make a fucking blanket. You can't finish a blanket. What are you doing? Do not click that button. I had to talk myself down. You're like, girl, come on. You know you. I you had know to, you. I had to talk myself off the ledge. 
Oh my God. I, I had to talk myself off the ledge because you see this picture of this little boy. I think he is wearing like a Yoda hat. I think Stop. maybe, or I just made that up. I don't really remember. It probably is though. To be honest, like that would be so fucking, are you kidding? That's so cool. I, I really don't, like I said, I don't remember probably making that up, but you want to help. Like you go, you, you want to help. And, and I'm like, about to click the button and I'm like, I had to talk myself down. You're like, no. I'm like, bitch, don't do it. Don't do it. You can't, you're not going to finish this project and then you're going to let somebody down. See, then that's another good point you just made. You know you. Set your boundaries and don't feel guilty that maybe somebody out there might be crocheting these and you can't. Shit, that extra $5, $10 you give them is a massive difference, right? I'm like... like Meet yourself where you are as well. Give yourself some I'm grace. Like, you know what? I'm not going to get <laughs> Dutch Bros this week. Instead, I'm going to give the magic yarn project exactly. my Dutch Bros money. Exactly. Like, that's exactly right. Like, so respect yourself and your own boundaries as well. We hope that that's something we're learning and teaching ourselves and y'all as well. Because it's it's hard. It's hard. Because you do feel guilty. Like, oh, shit. I should have done this. I could have done more. But sometimes you're like... I'm exhausted and I like to be an introvert and I actually, this is my, this is how I'm able to present myself today. So here we are, everybody. Yeah. Oh I, my God. Yeah. I really wanted to click the button to be an approved magic maker, but I realized I know my limits. <laughs> well, luckily we're making magic now by you amplifying, amplifying their voice and letting them, yeah, you know, so, more people know um, about them. So I just thought it was the cutest, greatest thing that they are doing. And uh, I wanted to tell everybody about them. And yeah, they're great. I love it. I love it. Well, it's it amazing. Thank you for bringing us all up. I think that was, that was a great way to end it. So we're just going to end it there. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.